The following sermon was recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org. And uh, we just appreciate the opportunity to work with some of these great youth that you were able to see this morning and just to be there with them. And I, too, have a plea. Over half of our workers won't be back next year. So if you're interested in having the privilege of being in the Grove and being with some of these young adults, please see me because we would love to have committed people that would love to pour into their lives. I'm going to ask you right now, uh, if you would, let's stand. We're going to be looking at our scripture. It's in chapter uh, John. It's in chapter 20. And I'm just going to start at verse 19 and probably read the whole thing. So let's start right there. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. And Thomas said, and Thomas was with them through the door, though the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Jesus did many miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God, that by believing you may have life in his name. These are the words of God for all God's people. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Okay, so as you sit down, if you would, go ahead and reach over and put your seatbelt on. Because we are in that time crunch, because we know a lot of you have lunch plans. And we know that a lot of you are already planning those Mother's Day things and senior things. And we're going to try to go as fast as we can, but we're also going to allow the Spirit to work. And so as I was asked to... Uh, get the privilege to speak while our seniors are here. I was trying to think of what's the passage to, to use for our seniors. And I knew that a lot of parents were going to be here and a lot of friends and seniors. I just knew they were doubting that this day would come for you, at least for many of you. And that led me right to Thomas. And I know that some of the seniors sitting here were doubting that they were ever going to get to this day, too. 
If you look at this scripture, a lot of times people see this scripture and they say, okay, this is the scripture about doubting Thomas. This is the scripture where he doubt that Christ came back. But do we ever look in there and see what Thomas really missed by not being there? What Thomas missed by not being in the upper room? What Thomas missed by not being in the fellowship with other believers? Now, I have the privilege of working with some teens from our organization as well, and uh, it always saddens my heart when I hear from them around December or January, and I start talking to them about school, and, you know, it looks like this, school's great. We eat a lot of pizza. I get to play ultimate frisbee. My mom's not riding my back. I haven't done laundry in two weeks, and it's, I mean, they just give you everything that makes college great. And then you say, well, what about church? Oh, I go to Bedside Baptist with Pastor Sheets. What's that all about? Oh, you know, I'm so busy. I don't have this. They go to school and they leave that fellowship and do not connect with another fellowship. So as I was looking today, I saw in this message... Something that I think God has for all of us of what you miss by not being there. And the first thing I think you miss, if we look at Thomas, he missed the fellowship of the saints. He missed the fellowship of the saints. And, you know, I know some people worship by uh, podcasting and streaming and television And that's good for an occasion, but I don't think that that is good if that's where we're going to get all of our worship at. You miss the fellowship of the saints. There's something to be said about just being together and worshiping with each other. There's something to be said about looking at the fellowship we had here this morning where we just got up and got to shake each other's hands. The fellowship that you witness when we come in and around the coffee pot downstairs. The fellowship that when the band's up here playing, you have to say, oh, you know, we got to go. Church is starting because you're fellowshipping with other saints. And you come upstairs and we're fellowshipping right now as we're in communion together and the Spirit's here. You miss the fellowship of the saints when you're not at church. The other thing I think you miss is the strength that is found in unity. The strength that is found in unity. And the best thing I can do is tell you from my own personal side. My wife was diagnosed with a brain tumor about 14 years ago, and we came off the field, and we went back, and we were having surgery at Duke, and it was near my home church, and they were still praying for us. Our church in Hungary was praying for us, and as we were going back, I told my pastor, I said, you know, we're going in, and, you know, if you just want to come, that would be great. I would appreciate you coming. That's fine. And he was calling and asking about the details, 
And literally, we flew in on August the 25th, and my wife checked in for surgery for August the 26th. And as we walked in, we had no idea that it was going to be 16 hours of surgery, that it was going to take all day. All we knew is we heard the doctor, and it was like, boom, 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 boom. You're going to lose your hearing. You're probably going to be, lose your eye. You're going to be paralyzed on the right side of your body. You're not going to walk. You're going to have to learn all these things. And, yes, there's a chance you're going to die. And, you know, you get all that, but then an hour later you're going into surgery. You don't have time to say, how long does this surgery take and what all are you doing? And I remember my nerves were shot, and and I remember when I, that was a southern-northern slip right there. I'm from New Jersey, went to North Carolina. So, you know, you all use guys, it all comes out the same way. I walked around the corner, and not only was my sister-in-law there and said, I'm here the whole time, I knew she was going to be there. Not only was my pastor there, but over 150 people from our church were there. And I'll never forget that when I walked into that waiting room, I collapsed into their arms. It was the first time everything hit me and I felt the peace to let go. I didn't have to be strong. And the unity that gave strength from my fellow believers and my fellow brothers and sisters that we worshiped with, girded me up. When you're not at church, you miss the unity that you get from this family. And I know many of us have all kinds of things going on, and I know we say that we get that from other places, but if this is the place that we choose to worship. We should be with each other in unity. Here's something that Thomas missed also, and we go right over this a lot of times. Tom, I'm an Italian guy. This little leash right here is about to kill me. I'm ready to walk. So if, I, if you can't hear me, put your hand up, and I'll come back to the mic. Sorry. Thomas missed the presence of the Savior. He wasn't there. And guess who was there? Guess who showed up? The day that Thomas wasn't there, Jesus showed up. And Thomas missed it. He missed the chance to be taught by Jesus. That's what he missed. That's what he missed by not going that evening. I want to tell you something. The essence of worship, the essence of worship is just that, being in the presence of Jesus. He has to be present. If he wasn't present here during our worship, then this is nothing more than a club. This is nothing more than us just coming together and it's, you know, all about us. And I don't think that's what this is about. Why do we come here? Why do we come to church? Because we have the chance to be in the presence of Jesus. And you miss that. You miss that when you're not here. 
You know, I think you guys can look back in your lives and you can see things you miss. I remember I shared last time about my grandfather. I remember when my grandfather would come visit and my mom and my aunt, we always lived right next to each other growing up. They were business partners and they did their business together. And when my grandfather would come and he would go to my aunt's house, if something was going on and I missed the opportunity to see my grandfather, I always hated it when it was done. I'd come in and, you know, when I was small, I would even cry because I missed him telling cool stories. I missed the gifts that he would give out. I missed those handshakes to where he would make me get on my knees and just like, oh, uncle, you know, you miss those things when you're not around there. And I believe if you don't come to church, if you don't find that fellowship seniors when you go back, you're going to miss those things, and you're going to start running on empty. A lot of us sometimes look at all the miracles that Christ has done. I even alluded to that, that it's a miracle that some of you are graduating today. And you'll look at miracles, but I want to tell you something. Miracles don't save you. Jesus saves you. And you've got to strive to be in his presence. Strive to be in that fellowship. Here's the other thing that Thomas missed. He missed the endowment of the Holy Spirit. If you look in the Word, it says in verse 22, Jesus breathed on them. And here's what he said in verse 22. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. How many times do we miss out? On that blessing. How many times do you miss out on that blessing? The other thing he missed, he missed his marching orders on evangelism. That's right. Because if you look in there, he missed out on Jesus sending them out. I don't know about you, but when I look at this scripture, I see that. Missing church will greatly affect us. I believe when we find our church, it's the thing you need to be committed to as well. It's the thing you need to be committed to. It's that place that you find and you settle in. Seniors, I challenge you when you go back, don't just go to where the whole group's going. Don't just go and say, hey, this is the church that everyone goes to, so I need to be here. Go to that church. Go try another church. Look earnestly. Open your heart and say, am I really getting fed here? And I mean, it has to be more than the college Sunday. And some of us know this. Why do you go to church there? Man, they have great donuts. They give us Krispy Kreme. And then on Friday nights, once a month, they serve us pizza. I'm going to that church. Guys, we want you to look beyond that physical food and look for the spiritual food so that when you go in there, you walk out of there and say, Bam! I was challenged today. That's a good response. I'm glad somebody's following me. And you come out of there and you say, Man, it was awesome! I was at that church and it touched my spirit. And you know why you were there. 
Because of the worship, because of the fellowship, because of the unity that you're going to start forming. Our son has been so blessed in college. He went and found a church. He linked up with these people, him and his five friends. It's 30 minutes from where they go to school. But he said, Dad, it's been great because we go there and it's really not about the college students. It's really about God. I said, great. And he said, but this is even awesome. This couple, that every Sunday they said if we come, they would feed us lunch. <laughs> and that was great because he doesn't miss too many Sundays. I'm afraid, not just for the youth. I'm even going to address this to some of you all. Some of us shop around for churches like we shop for groceries. And we go in there and we say, okay. Who has the best this? Who has the best that? And then we start feeling these things around and we we get in there and we're not really committed. We're there for a program. And we sit around and we say, what are they going to do for us? What are they going to do for us up here at this worship time? Are they going to sing my songs or are they going to sing their songs? What are they going to do for us over here in this Sunday school time? I mean, I work all week. Why should I go down there and... Volunteer to teach a class. Don't they know I'm an M? What are they going to do for us over here for deeper or for the grove? Well, I'll tell you what, if they don't do it, that place over there is doing it. Guys, you better do it or we're going to move over. I have the privilege to volunteer to serve your kids. It helps me to change a lot of my trips to where I don't have to be gone on the weekend. So that is my selfish part. I get to fly in on Fridays now. But guys, it is not a job. It's my life. It's a privilege to serve. What about you? Too tired because you work all week? Too tired because you already are an M and you have ministry? Too tired because you're a student and all your AP classes and all of your other things going on. It's just too tired to commit to church. The, the whole I'm an M thing, I can't tell you how many times I hear that in my role as a counselor. Sometimes I even hear things that make me laugh. They're like, I can't go. My children just don't like it. They, you know, they, they just don't like it, so we sit at home, and we have house church with the three of us, and it looks sort of like this, and, and we just don't go. Man, when I was a kid, my mom played this game called Helicopter. Some of you older kids might remember this, or parents. My mom said, you're gone to church, and when we're in church, I don't care if you like it or not, you're gone. And if I look at you, that's one strike. The second strike, you better straighten up. I already knew what the third strike was. That was a helicopter. I went home, and that's where my mom, she had the death grip. And she'd grab a hold of that arm, and, man, as she would spank me, we would just go around in circles. And my feet would be flying in the air. And, I mean, as soon as my feet touched the ground, bam, and I was up. And at the end, it was just a helicopter. My mom said, I'm the mom. You're going to church. And guess what? My mom wasn't even a Christian. She was doing it out of tradition. Man, kids better not be telling you guys, come to my house. 
You know, some people go to church three times when they're hatched, matched, and dispatched. I hope that that's not going to be some of you because you've come a little more. But when you go back, what is that life going to look like? When you go to school, the real you may come out. I see some people trying to explain it. Hatched, born, matched, married, dispatched, buried. Sorry. That was the northern southern thing. Sorry. Guys, this is what I'm going to say to our graduating seniors. When you go back, your life, as you say, is going to be yours. And you're going to decide if you pick up your dirty clothes or if you don't. If you take a bath or if you don't. If you're going to eat at the cafeteria or spend your money and go to the Waffle House special. Or to the UK, whatever it is. There are, I know we have multiculturals here. So wherever you're going, that thing. The thing is, what will you decide about worship? And what will you decide about church? Here's the lesson that I see. Two things. What did Thomas get? I mean, what did they do to get Thomas back? One, they didn't criticize him. They didn't go up to him and say, you're stupid, man. You missed church. You missed the upper room. You big dummy. You loser. They didn't do any of that. They also didn't belittle the service. In fact, they talked it up. And I was thinking about that. I was like, can you imagine how we would be when we go back to school or when you go back to your ministry site or your work and you go back there and you say, man, you wouldn't believe this weekend. It was awesome. Well, why was it awesome? Oh, my gosh. We went to church on Sunday. There was some nut up there screaming, but everything else was awesome. And when we were there, you wouldn't believe they had the youth up there and they were leading. They even had a little ukulele and they were doing all this stuff. And two kids volunteered and they shared what God's doing in their life. No matter how nervous they were or how bad it was, they got up and they shared. And it was so evident what God was doing in their life. It was awesome. And you're not going to believe this. But God was there too. Could you imagine what it would be like if that's the way we shared about our weekends? Instead of going and saying, oh, well, I went and ate at Lum Lums. And then I came over here and, you know, we did do this. And, I mean, there is so much that we do. That we talk about. But when do we talk about this? When do we talk about this family, this gathering, and this worship? They talked it up. They told them everything. And you know what else? They didn't make any false claims. They didn't go around, and we shouldn't go around and say, you missed it, man. You wouldn't believe it. They had people walking on water at the pool out there. It was so awesome. They were doing subhumanal things. Subhuman. I was waiting to see who was going to pick up on that. Man, I'm trying to fly. I'm going too quick. I need to just slow it down. I'm getting the sign. Our time's almost up. So here we go. They just told the truth. This is what happened. This is what you missed. They simply said, we have seen the Lord. And that was enough to catch Thomas's attention. We have seen the Lord. What will you tell people this week? 
And what did Thomas get for coming back? Here's what he got. First of all, he got the personal attention of Jesus Christ. He got the personal attention of Jesus Christ. If you're out of fellowship, get into fellowship and watch how God works on you. Anna said it so well. More than all the grains of sand, he knows you and his thoughts are more than that for you. In verse 27, we see that his honest doubts were settled. Think about this. I look at this and I say, man, he got to touch Jesus. Verse 28, I believe in my heart right then and there, he rededicated his life. I believe he did. I believe he said right then and there that this is when he said, my Lord and my God. He recognized him. He put him back in there. He said, my Lord and my God. And then he went out on mission. Seniors, Jesus is alive. And he wants you to be alive too. Family, Jesus is alive. And he wants you to be alive too. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you are alive. And I pray, Lord, that you are alive in each of our hearts. And I pray that we would remember the fellowship we get to have in this place and the unity that we get to build in this place. And, Lord, just the opportunity we have to be in your presence in this place. And, Lord, even today as we're celebrating, and I know that we're celebrating seniors, and I know many around the world are celebrating moms, and I know that there's so much going on right now, Lord. And we just praise you for those blessings in our life. But we pray, Father, that you would help us to remember that it is about you. Father, we pray for these seniors today and the journey that they're on. And for many of them, a big chapter in their life is about to be over. But they don't see how many chapters are coming. And I pray, Lord, that they would trust in you and rest in you. We thank you again for this this morning and this opportunity we have to be in unity and in family. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a sermon recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org.